Welcome to Emerging Europe Talks, bringing you expert insight on innovation and technology, sustainable social and economic growth, business, politics and culture, and helping you navigate the Emerging Europe region. Hosted by Andrew Robel. Remember to visit the show's page, emerging-europe.com forward slash multimedia, or check the hashtag EETalks on social media. Hello, everyone. This is Emerging Europe Talks Prosperity, or today we should say Urban Living. My name is Andrew Robel, and today I am joined by Radu Puku, one of the founders of Happy Cities. Radu, welcome to the first episode of Emerging Europe Talks in 2021. Thank you very much, Andrew, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, pleasure. So what I would like to talk to you about today is actually the organization that you co-founded. So what is Happy Cities and why did you found it? Well, it came after an experience, uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, context, it came after an, an experience in government. I've been the state secretary of uh, in the Romanian government in charge with open government partnership implementation in Romania. I was very passionate about this idea of bringing together closer citizens, governments, and uh, business environment to generate solutions for their communities. Once I left uh, the government, I pushed for this idea with uh, one of my uh, former colleagues and partners, and uh, this is how Happy Cities took shape. Our aim is to bring together ideas, solutions, people that will once again generate a transformation of their communities. But together, we push very much for this idea of collaborative intelligence to be used by the by the cities. And uh, we believe very much in uh, in this power of collaboration for uh, for solutions uh, in the cities. Yeah, this is in a nutshell what what we do. So when it comes to the the community, who participates in the, this community? What kind of players or stakeholders have you identified? Well, as you can see, and I, I believe it's very clear right now with the pandemic, the cities cannot generate solutions with uh, one uh, uh, people uh, or 10 people or 100 people staff in, uh, in, their, uh, in their city hall. You need a lot of people to change their behaviors. You need uh, a lot of people to participate in the, in the process. So it's not old idea of the city hall or the mayor knows what's best for the, uh, for the city. So the idea is, how can you bring everybody together? There's another thing which is also obvious uh, today, the use of, of technology. So how can we use technology, close this gap and bring citizens together in participating and generating solutions for their community? So the big stakeholders, if you want, uh, are uh, the city halls or the uh, local administration, citizens and also business environment who can also provide solutions but also can work on uh, providing solutions. So uh, these are the main stakeholders. We focus on uh, bringing technological platforms to boost this dialogue between them. So this is what Happy Cities does. And you mentioned technology. So how can technology improve that? Well, we saw, and I have this experience in the in the government, for example, we saw that generally the public administration and the city halls tend to have uh, their communication uh, like one size fits all, you know, uh, press releases. And 
it doesn't matter if you're a citizen in one neighborhood or another, if you are aware of that problem or not, you just receive the same message. So you don't resonate with a lot of people in your community. So uh, this cannot work in modern times, if I say. Everybody is expecting a personalized relation with the, with their city hall. So what we, we have in our portfolio is a, is a platform dedicated for the online communication, but dedicated in, a, in such a way that increase participation, increase uh, communication and dialogue with, uh, with their citizens. So there are online platforms for communication, but for a more personalized communication. This is one, one thing we have in, uh, in our portfolio. What does it mean in practical terms? Like as a citizen, what do I actually get? You actually get a more personalized dialogue, if you want. So imagine, uh, for example, if you are a user of uh, Facebook or uh, Twitter or whatever, you just receive your messages there, but with the voice of Twitter, with the voice of Facebook and so on. But if you are probably a senior person and you don't use uh, social media in the way that uh, uh, young people do, but you use your email, you use your phone, you use your SMSs, and why not communicate with these people via their talk? So Perfect. it's important to have the tone of voice specific for these channels. This is not rocket science. I mean, the online media does this for, for years and uh, is not uh, something that is invented right now, but is very needed at the citizen level just to explain on their language what you're doing. Because what I saw also in the government, the government tends to say, okay, we know better, the citizens don't understand. This is not going to work if you want them to participate, if you want them to embrace your solutions as a, as a mayor or, or as a public administration. So this is what we do. These are the, uh, the tech platforms and the benefit or one plus of the, the platforms is they are integrated and you know who actually interacted with you on what channel and you can communicate better there. Also, there are platforms for engagement. So you can ask citizens what they think about an idea, they can vote for, for that, they can dialogue with other citizens for that idea, and so, and so on. This is what uh, mainly our ecosystem and tech platforms are, are doing. We also build a mobile, a mobile application, which is available for, uh, for everybody, and will release uh, in local languages uh, in probably the next couple of months. So um, it's about how can you make out of this participation, a daily habit? How can you answer daily questions uh, raised by the city hall? Or how can you put uh, daily questions to the city hall? How can you, I don't know, report issues, which is a normal uh, thing to, uh, to do, but not in a way that you bombard the city hall with, uh, with uh, issues, but to gather people around your community to understand what the issue is and to uh, the city hall should understand that oh, it's not one guy's problem, one people problem, one uh, or somebody individual problem, but is a more of a, of a problem in that uh, area. So this is what we do with our application. We also, in the application, we encourage very much people to come with solutions, not only saying is a, is a bad thing there happening. No, let's think about some of the ideas. And we saw a lot of cities pushing this agenda. Vienna, for example, gives micro grants. Barcelona have uh, also uh, take platforms for citizen engagement and uh, voting for uh, for uh, for their uh, 
ideas and so on. So we saw uh, the budgeting of the of some of the cities. It's open to the to the public to to participate. So this is what we do. It's uh, part of uh, of this uh, idea of bringing together uh, everybody at the local level. There was also a card available, right? Yes, we it started with uh, we have uh, in our portfolio uh, a company that uh, was involved in uh, event management. So, but event management it was like a, you go to a concert and you get a bracelet and you pay for uh, what you done there. But it's it's a good experience. I mean, uh, remember probably from the, from before the pandemic how it was. So I asked them, okay, but if you have a hundred thousand people uh, concert, can you? But the platform is okay. Oh, see, we had already uh, this kind of uh, concert. But if you have 10 concerts like this in parallel, can you deal with it? Manage. Yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, no problem. Uh, so I said, you have a city. So this this is how the card for, for the city uh, appeared. It's the same. It's about the experience of the citizen in relation with the city. How about having a card which you can pay for uh, public transport, but also, I don't know, be incentivized of uh, recycling or being a good citizen, if you want. So mm-hmm. it's not it's a, it's about also participation, but it's about a way of transforming this experience of the of the citizen. So this is the the idea of of the card. Although we started with the idea of being a virtual card, uh, most of the local authorities asking are ask, still asking for a uh, physical, physical. <laughs> exactly, but um, which is good. But uh, it's also needed right now in in many areas of the of the uh, city uh, experience. I give you an example: the mobility. If the main concern as a uh, citizen or main problem is to go from A to B, it doesn't matter if I have an application for public transport, another application for electric scooters, another application for a bike, another application for. So for me, the experience is I have a car and I go to the bus and I check in with the electric scooter. And then I uh, ride with the, I don't know, taxi, why not? So this experience should be should be seamless. Also, you incentivize and you put a, a different problem to the city. How do you, would you like to go from A to B? In a more ecological way or in a more fast way or in a more... So you can transform the people's experience, but also their mindset around their journey. So this is what, what we do uh, with... Uh, with our platforms, technologies, uh, what we have at Happy Cities. Excellent. So I have a question regarding, you actually mentioned that, you mentioned COVID and the, and the current situation, I mean, the pandemic. How do you think that has changed our urban living, so to speak? And how is it going to change that living going forward? It changed in terms of having a different mindset around priorities, around the movement, uh, around the city, uh, around interaction with others in the the city. So this is going to stay, I believe. Fortunately or not, this is the uh, reality. Also, it changed very much the way we work. And uh, as you can see, I'm working from uh, from my home office, if you you want. It's uh, snowing outside. Thank uh, you. But uh, this is 
what we have done also previously, but it was like an exception. Now to today is a, is a reality. So this will, will bring a lot of changes in the, the way we work and we uh, interact. For example, my journey before pandemics was uh, I go to the office and then on my way back, I stop to a supermarket and then I uh, also uh, go to a movie or whatever and uh, come home. Now everything should happen around home somehow. So the supermarket I used to go, no, it's, it's here. So what I saw, even uh, at this micro level, if you want, I live uh, just outside uh, Bucharest, there was a grocery store, which I used to stop, but uh, there's like uh, no technology uh, there, no, nothing. So they right now provide home delivery. They have an e-commerce platform in less than two or three months. So you need to adapt to, to this reality. And uh, this will change the cities. And because you, there are different needs and different choices that you, you have to make. So another thing we noticed, uh, for example, in cities that opened after the, the pandemic, for example, in China, there was the first ones that uh, Wuhan uh, chain, uh, opened the public transport, for example. And we saw a decrease in using public transport in spite of going back to normal, as you said. So although the before the pandemic was the idea, the idea was let's use public transport because it's less pollution and uh, a more sustainable way of uh, uh, mobility. And after the pandemic, people didn't choose. They choose their own car because it's safer from health or tourism. So there are changes that are going to stay. So we have to rethink the mobility. We have to rethink the, the work. And we, we have to rethink a lot of uh, things due to the, to this. There's also this technological wave that is coming and uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, RPA, the robot automation, and this uh, will be a reality in, in, the next, uh, in the next years. So there are a lot of things to, uh, that will change the cities. And once again, it's the thing I started with, city halls cannot provide solution with 10 people in, uh, in the mayor's office. Once again, it's, it's a reality. And the sooner they face this reality and they bring citizens in, in the process, it will be a, a huge uh, progress towards solutions. And one other thing, and I, I will stop with, with this, another amazing thing happens. You bring innovation, you bring citizens to, to generate innovation at a local level and will generate income later on because that innovation will be part of it. I don't know, maybe a startup, maybe an investment there, but it's a local money that you bring instead of sending money outside through uh, goods and, and stuff. So it's a, it's a reality. And cities are not only the big cities we, we have in mind. Cities are the small cities with 10,000 people. There are a lot of cities like this. So we cannot expect to have the experience in uh, London or uh, Barcelona or uh, Prague or Bucharest, if you want, the same in, the, in a small city. But that doesn't mean they need to not work in a, in a different way. So this is the, I believe it will be a revolution of these small cities because they are more flexible than the big cities and they have, uh, they can provide solutions for the big cities through uh, technology. So this, okay. I believe there will be changes. So my final question, because, you know, uh, I mean, Emerging Europe Talks is about Emerging Europe, which is Central and Eastern Europe. And I would like you to tell me how you see that transformation you know, in our region versus Western Europe? Is it happening as well? Is it happening faster, slower? Well, I believe that there's a 
change that started a few years ago. Cities realized that are not alone in this uh, and they started to work together. So innovation in one city is made available in, in, in another city. And I saw this especially in the, in the smaller city, not the big ones, you know. So they started to realize that, oh, we, we are part of the same region if we're, even if we are in a different countries, but we face the same problems. I mean, from floods to industry uh, development or uh, investment in, in uh, that region. So let's not compete with each other because... This is not uh, the idea. Let's work together and have uh, have this uh, experience. So I saw this on the Romanian-Hungarian border, for example. They exchange a lot of work and a lot of experience over there. So and I saw it uh, saw it in uh, and also in other parts of uh, of the region, as you mentioned. So I believe it's a very good thing that uh, this happens because uh, the urbanization process that somehow pushed for big uh, winners. The big cities are the winners of, of this process and the investment attraction and so on have a reaction on, on, on this side. And I believe this will be a very, a very good thing that will happen, this collaboration between, uh, between cities. So my final, final question, are there any opportunities for businesses, for startups, for organizations in emerging Europe, in uh, the urban sort of living area? How would you identify this? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a huge area to, to invest and to, to transform. I mean, there are a lot of things to do. You notice this because it is a, there is a development gap, uh, even if we want it or not. This is a reality. We have uh, rural areas with a lot of problems and so on in all the, the region. There's a lot of things to do. But the technology on the, or the fourth uh, industrial revolution brings also the possibility to burn a lot of steps for these uh, small cities. And you don't have to go through all the steps that the big cities uh, in the Western Europe uh, went through. So right now, if you want to, to use robot uh, process automation, you can do it now. You don't have to go through e-government, process analysis, and so on. Uh, no, you go straight to, to that. So you can do it. And we have cities that, uh, for example, implemented uh, chatbots before uh, big cities. So we have uh, Cluj, for example. It's a good example in Romania that implemented such in relation with, this, with the citizens. So I believe this is a good opportunity for not only for uh, smart city solutions that are very well known in the big cities and the western cities but also for innovation at the local level because you can you can boost and this wave of work from anywhere gives you a possibility why should i choose the experience of i don't know a big city with a lot of uh, problems why not uh, go to a smaller city and have the experience there, which is more calm, which is more nice, uh, and I still can work from there. So how about investing in, in that? And uh, I believe there will be a lot of transformation in, uh, in this area, as you said, in the uh, emerging part of uh, Europe. Radu, thank you very much for the chat. It was a real pleasure uh, and good luck with the organizations and uh, signing up more cities on board. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Look forward. <laughs> Thank you once again for, for the invitation. Thank you all for listening. And we look forward to your company for the next episode of Emerging Europe Talks. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and do leave a review. This will help us ensure a regular stream of great guests you want to hear from.
And finally, check out our news and analysis platform at emerging-europe.com.